I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello, welcome back to Brett and Cliff's Flea Circus. My name is Cliff and I can see a man bathed in a red light. That's me. You don't have to put on your red light. <laughs> yes, I'm uh, touting for business. Okay. That's what I'm doing. Things are bad. I'm, I'm a, a marvellous <laughs> Nakamba anyway this week. That's who I am. Yeah. Aston Villa midfielder. Marvellous Nakamba. Oh, is he still around, is he? He is. Best name in the world. Well, I, for one second, was going to try and be Isaac Success. but uh... Ooh, he, that is a good name, isn't it? <laughs> it is, isn't it? Would you rather yeah, be marvelous or successful? I'd be more, I'll be marvelous success. That's what I'll be. <laughs> I hope Isaac thinks about that when he has a son or, or girl. I think that's a non-gender specific name, marvelous. It is definitely is. I like that name. It's a good. Well, name. that's good. That's so, nice to see you. But you are bathed in red light, so I know you haven't been back to work no. very much. So, no. If you are. Hit hit hard times enough to uh, put yourself in the bedroom window there. Yeah, well, I have, I have, but I've received as yet no offers, unfortunately. I'll be honest, I think that's less to do with your appearance, which, as ever, is stunning, and more to do with the fact that uh-huh. you live at the nooks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it could be that, it could be that. If I was in, uh, you know, Amsterdam or somewhere, I might have, have getting a little bit more action. <laughs> I don't know why I'm bathed in red light. I might be the new Batman. Yeah, because that's just going to be a red film. <laughs> <laughs> that's maybe, maybe all the scenes in the uh, trailer are done in a photography darkroom and he's just developing some old school photographs. <laughs> it could be that. Right? One hour photo version of Batman. <laughs> what else is going on? Not much because of the lockdown or the half lockdown, no, whatever I, it is. Well, yeah, nothing much. I'm sick of that. The football's been good though, hasn't it? I mean, uh, should have been no last fans weekend's <laughs> last weekend's football was was absolutely fantastic. Some crazy results. How come some and... games are still like one nil and one one? <laughs> <laughs> because we we have a dinosaur of a manager who who doesn't play attacking football. Also. No forwards but that I'd, can get anywhere as long as we win a goal. We did win in the week. We won 5-3 against Carlisle United. <laughs> so there. So we scored also, goals there. Also uh-huh. conceded three. <laughs> we did, yeah, against Carlisle. <laughs> that was good. Uh, but did you, did you see Patrice Evra's meltdown? Oh, Have no, I haven't seen yet? that, no. 
Oh, it was fantastic because my netty got beat 6 1 of Tottenham. I mean, I watched that. Weekend. That, uh-huh. I mean, that's one of the funniest performances I've ever I've ever seen. But Manchester mm-hmm. United, I don't think I've ever seen the worst. It was yeah. it was embarrassing, it was awful. Luke Shaw. Yeah, Mourinho was probably thinking, "Ha ha! I never play him because he's shit." <laughs> and then he's like, the most have just said, "Just get the ball over to the right wing all the time," because uh-huh. Luke Shaw does yeah. not know what he's doing. It was, it, it, it's probably one of the worst individual performances I've ever seen. It was so bad. Well, don't think it was just him. Like I, I think it's no, the defense all over and it was, yeah. the midfielder. Uh, all they want to do, the midfield players that they've got, is just attack. I mean, Pogba and. Uh, uh, Fernandez, is it Fernandez? In Portuguese I, got, I like Fernandez, but I mean, yeah, Pogba's just doesn't look like he cares, does he? Like, he's not yeah, bothered, he? just wants to like yeah. score. Like, he's uh-huh. he's like a child player, like, he just wants to score <laughs> goals. Like, he is. <laughs> anyway, at the end of that match, Patrice Eva was on and he, he was uh, he was talking. He says, Look, you're gonna have to cancel me Sky contract. <laughs> if you're gonna make us watch Manchester United games, <laughs> it, it's too upsetting. It's too upsetting. I can't watch it. And Quite he, like uh, it, he also, <laughs> oh, it's class. I, I was loving it, me. He says, uh, I, "I don't condone the violence, but some of those old players, they need a slap." <laughs> Did you not say that? <laughs> no, no, because I've got. I watch Richard. Oh Pease, yeah, of man, course. Don't I? Uh, to be honest, got I... Richard Pace saying that. Saying that Pep Guardiola should get Sam Aldice in. <laughs> Not, nothing to do with being best mates with him. <laughs> no, no, it's got nothing to, nothing to do with that at all. As if we hate well, Newcastle you've been as well. Or he's always on about Newcastle and Rafa Benitez. Like he's he's got Is some he? weird vendetta against Benitez. Like absolutely <laughs> hates him. Brings him up all the time. Like he's got, he's got nothing to do no with reason. anything. Yeah, just always brings him up. Anyway, what have I been up to? I played football uh-huh. this week. I got I electrocuted myself. That was fun. Um, right. Me own fault. Like I was at work and uh, we've got these. What, what I called plug holes at the time, but obviously I meant sockets. Uh-huh. Um, uh, <laughs> Same thing, isn't it? Well, we call them plug holes, though, don't we? Plug, plug uh, nobody know what the plug holes are. <laughs> Just us. I was like, thing, plug holes isn't the right word, is it? It is, um, that's what we call them, man. But anyway, it took us a while. So we've got on our mm-hmm. desks, we've got these sockets, um, like on the desks where you can plug in your whatever. And there's yeah. USB and all of that. Um, and I was, I'm, I'm a fiddler. You know, I'm a fiddler. Can I? I've always yeah. got my hands going, haven't I? You're wondering, hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you were right about that one. But I'm always oh, fiddling with someone. <laughs> and I was talking to uh, one of the team, and I was, there was a plug in this plug hole, and um, I kind of half pulled it out. I was just fiddling with it, not thinking about it. But what I uh-huh. did was, I touched the pins of the plug while it was still half in the socket. There were metal pins, right. and I uh-huh. literally shot up in the air. Like, I Did was, you? It was the weirdest feeling I've ever had. I think yeah. I shot up in the air like more out of the shock of the pain <laughs> and the feeling rather than the actual electric shock. Like, yeah. my hair wasn't standing well, on end or anything. Yeah, um, like a cartoon cat. But like, it was such a weird feeling. I kind of like jumped back, and I was like, I had this weird pain going tingling uh-huh. through my arm. 
and into my side of my head. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I played uh-huh. football that night, got a hat trick, was fucking brilliant. Uh, so well. I'm going to try gonna... it again every week. <laughs> you're going to have to, uh, you're going to have to do it again. Yeah, I thought uh, I oh. might get a superpower, but instead I was just good at football <laughs> for the night. Well, that's kind of a superpower. The the worst electric shock I've ever had. Um, I got off a Commodore sixteen power pack. It stopped working, <laughs> and as as a uh, as a nine year old kid, I got a screwdriver and tried to uh, take it apart and stuff. While it and was still plugged, obviously in. put my hand on it while it was still plugged in, <laughs> and it, it made us. It, it, it was shock was that bad. It, it made us just grasp both my hands like that, and I was like <laughs> that for ages. <laughs> so my hands were like in, in a grasp fist sort of way. It was it was terrible. Well, it could have been much more. It could have been lethal. I it could suppose. have been worse. I could have been dead. I <laughs> fucking hell. Um, I know. What else have you going on? You been watching anything on the telly? Um, no, I haven't been watching anything any on films? the telly. But what I have, what I have been, what has been happening though, I've, I've been getting odd dreams. Have okay, you been getting these the weird dreams? Are oh, they yeah. like the lockdown dreams? Like what happening at the at the beginning of the lockdown? Well, you, you're a, you're a kind of psychologist, Cliff, aren't you? Cod psychologist, yeah, kind of one. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll I'll explain my dream to you, and let's see what you think about it. Okay, uh, I was I was in my dream. Do you want us to be honest? Me. Yes, I want you to be honest. Do you want us to be? I want you brutally to be... honest. <laughs> yes, yes, Doctor Freud. I want you to be honest, right? Okay. So I I was me in my dream, and I was sort of in this room, and I noticed a, a person across the room, right? And that it was a it was a woman, right? Had mm-hmm. brown hair, and I, I walked up to the woman, and mm-hmm. it, it was yes. me. The women, the woman was also me, <laughs> okay. right? What with long hair so and the, boobs it had and my stuff? face. Yes, the, the full package, right? Mm-hmm. And o- over the course of this stream, I, I started becoming like intensely attracted to myself as a woman, and I ended up uh, necking on with the woman, and then it, it was me. There? Did you stop there? And then I woke up. Obviously, I was far too excited. Did so you in my dream, wake up I nicked down with myself. Did you wake up with an erection? I always wake up well, with I an mean, erection. I mean, it's a stupid question, I mean... isn't it? Like, <laughs> I've never not woken up with, a, with an erection since I was about I mean, 10. <laughs> if that day ever comes, I'll be devastated. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> when, when we were like, you know what I mean? we were retiring. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm getting old now. But what do you, what do you make of that? Um... Well, like I've always said, you love yourself, and all uh, oh, right. If obviously you fancy yourself, you love yourself. Uh-huh. Also, you're confused about uh, whether you want long hair or not, and I know that's been something that you've worried about for quite some time. It is. It, it is something I've worried about. I think. Was well, it, it not like? But does it not just look like your sister? No, that's what <laughs> that's what my wife said. I, I I know the difference between myself. <laughs> and me sister but are you, were you playing it down it wasn't an incest dream <laughs> gladly <laughs> no it definitely wasn't that gonna make it, this was, better. it was me <laughs> it was it was me it was definitely okay. me so yeah, yeah i mean you just I have, you fancy yourself don't you i do i have looked into it and it said uh i mean that there's, there's varied things on the internet and stuff about it but uh one of them says it was me getting in touch with me feminine side. Okay, well, yeah, very liberally. Yeah. But did, it, oh, did it honestly stop at the neck and on? No, uh, no yeah, it was just the neck and on. No wandering hands that I was just necking on and then I woke up. So, okay. 
I mean, it, it could have gone further. I'm sure I could have, you know, <laughs> if I hadn't woke up. Backing yourself there. <laughs> <laughs> Against me, with myself, of course. Of course I am. But it, would, it would be interesting if you did try that, but your female self... Uh-huh. Put the block Just on it. Put the block oh, on that it. Would yeah. be, that would be awful, wouldn't it? How would I deal with that? Re- yeah, that's a different rejection. meaning of like, look up what that would have meant because I think that's where it would have gone. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you hate yourself. <laughs> Getting in touch with the feminine side, but you're also disgusted at the male side of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Cliff, have you reared up recently? Because you no, I've got a one-year-old daughter. <laughs> 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 um, but the uh-huh. rearing up. As you well know, uh-huh. you've got to be quite quiet these days, haven't you, when you've got children. So uh, the rearing <laughs> up and all that comes with it is well out of the question. Yeah, it's well out of the question. you look like uh, Phil, Collins, Phil Collins' album cover in this fucking <laughs> red oh. light. What, which one is it? One of the ones with his face on, obviously. Is it But Seriously? Yeah. Is it that one? You're, it might be. You're the, the Collins fan, aren't you? I know, I am. You're the, you are. Well, that's what I do like, look like. I don't know why I'm... I don't know why it's it's all red. I know it's daylight no there as well. It's dark here. It's, well, it's not like it's dark. It's getting dark is anyway. It dusk. Yeah, it's dusk. It is. <laughs> it certainly is. The other question I, I had for you is, okay. uh, Cliff, what is the secret of the ooze? <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? I've got no idea. I haven't no, no either. Idea. Maybe we should I do mean, that for another podcast. Research it properly. Maybe we should. <laughs> maybe we should. Don't spring this stuff on us. <laughs> I don't think it was ever answered what the secret of the ooze was. No, I don't think it was. <laughs> 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 do you know what um, was through the trapdoor as well? Through the trap? Uh, yeah. uh, no. It was just like another dimension or something through the trapdoor, wasn't that it? Trap door. It was a great game, though, wasn't it? Did you have the computer game? No, I didn't have the computer game. Oh, it was awesome. It was Spectrum. Was it? Spectrum. Spectrum Well, I was a Commodore Commodore man. Probably wasn't on the Commodore then because the Commodore wasn't good enough to have. uh, Yes, it was. Commodore was much better. (laughs) (laughs) I fell out with it after being electrocuted. (laughs) You said that was a Commodore 16? Yeah, it's still a Commodore. You didn't get the 64? Yeah, I got the Commodore 64 after. I had a Spectrum 48, I think, at first. And then, uh, was it 80 after that? 80? Anyway, I didn't have the good it's, one. The one know. that, there was a grey one. I think it was 128 plus. That was yeah. grey and had the tape connected mm-hmm. to it. I always had a separate one, which I think might have right. been just a 128K, not plus. Uh-huh. Just standard. Right. Might be that. Nice. Anyway. Whatever, whatever became of that man's scooter thing that he invented? I mean, oh, I by the wayside, didn't it? Oh, was it electric? Electric was it? Like a little car, wasn't it? A little tiny car. He'd be fucking mint if he did it now. I wouldn't he? Yeah, he would make an absolute uh-huh, mint would. if he brought that little. Uh, seven, like imagine all these people on electric scooters, which is mm-hmm. all right. But it's not as good yeah. as being able to sit down in a little car, is it? No, it isn't. <laughs> I mean, he, he looked like Biggles and that with them glasses on when he was driving it and that, didn't he? He's probably hanging out with John DeLorean somewhere going, ah! <laughs> I know, <laughs> I, we've missed the boat here, lads. Shocking. Absolutely um, shocking. What have I been watching on the telly? I've been watching The Boys about the bad superheroes. Oh, yeah. 
I don't, oh, think, first series. I don't think it's very good. Like I, I enjoyed the first series, but now I'm watching the second one. Like yeah. I watch it, it's enjoyable, but I don't think it's very good. It's just it's basically just people ripping heads off and superheroes right. being being bad. That's it. All right. Yeah. Well, I put the I put the first episode on of the new series, and I thought oh, I can't be bothered. Like, crap in it, but I'm, I'll, I'm uh, halfway through. Up, it's all right, but uh-huh. doesn't deserve any praise more than it's uh-huh. all right. Uh, <laughs> what yeah. else have I been watching? Um, well, I watched there was a show on I don't know what channel it was on. Actually, maybe Sky Atlantic called "I Hate Susie" with Billy Piper, uh, and I've heard of it. It was it's absolutely brilliant. It's honestly, it? I, I hugely recommend it. She plays a former child star who kind of goes off the rails, um, mm-hmm. and she gets caught. Like some some sex pictures get leaked, and it mm-hmm. like fucks her marriage up, and she ends up like going off it a bit and getting in loads of bother and losing her contracts and stuff like that. And it's just this like kind of portrait of a breakdown of what that. But also, yeah. obviously, a lot of it's kind of drawn from stuff that she's done and had done to her in her life yeah. I, I suppose um, and I'm sure there's like in the last episode or two she's like proper kind of losing her mind a bit having mm-hmm. this breakdown and um, she, she's wearing an outfit like this big barber coat with like a rain hat kind of thing and I'm sure it's the same as like she was paparazzi in when she was with Chris Evans. I'm sure it's the same outfit uh-huh. as that. As some like famous pictures when those two are having bother or whatever. Um, Aye, but yeah, she can uh, she can pick them. Can Billy Piper? Can't no, she? Well, she, did she went? She was married to Lawrence Fox after that. Aye. Was she? I've just <laughs> yeah. realised that. What, like, what, what a goddamn mistake! <laughs> <laughs> he is fucking terrible. Absolutely terrible. We're gonna Good. do it. A documentary from 2004, which yeah. is called Dig. Yeah, you dig? And I did fingers. <laughs> I did special fingers when I said that. <laughs> it did, um, <laughs> it's, it's What it's about, it's about two bands. It's about the love and hate relationship, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a band called the Brian Jonestown Massacre mm-hmm. and the Dandy Warhols as well. Okay. Um, and it's really good, isn't it? It's yeah. not fucking crazy. Yeah, well, it's a fly-on-the-wall documentary that follows them over the course of seven years um, uh-huh. from 2000 and... not well, from 95 to 2002, I think. And then this yeah. comes out in 2004. 2004. It's directed by Ondi Timener. Ondi Timener. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, uh-huh. And... Out of the two bands, probably most people will know the Dandy Warhols or at least know that what that big song, which mm-hmm. was the Bohemians like you guys, yeah. which was on uh-huh. the Vodafone advert. Um, yeah. And that kind of broke them and is kind of indicative of what the entire thing is about. Um, because it focuses on these two bands, Brian Jonestown Massacre, who are and still going a kind of cult band Mm -hmm. led by this shamanic cult singer, songwriter, musician, mad lost genius fella called Anton Newcomb. Yeah. And uh, the band, the Dandy Warhols and mainly their singer, Courtney Taylor, Taylor, no way that's his real name. Uh, (laughs) And, why? <laughs> why? Why though? And um, 
basically they were in awe of the Brian Jones Massacre when they first met them. Mm-hmm. And what happens next as one becomes famous and one doesn't become that famous is kind yeah. of the point of the documentary and up for discussion and also disagreed with by your man and the newcomer who uh, is the star of that. Mm-hmm. Well, first off, had you, did you know much of either of these bands? I've, I've heard of the Danny Warhols, but I was never a fan. I mean, this, this is our era, isn't it? I mean, this is this kind one. of, but I guess it we became were famous like when we were already about 19 or something. So we were probably already, yeah, you certainly were so done I, with listening to new music at that point. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I was aware of who the, the Danny Warhols were, um, not the Brian's Jonestown Massacre, though I hadn't actually heard of them before you asked me to sort of have a look at this documentary. I think I'd seen like posters of them that are sort of ingrained in my mind somewhere, probably from you, actually. That's the logo probably... is pretty memorable, isn't it? It's a great logo. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, is a, it is a good, I mean, it's a fantastic name as well, isn't it? It's a brilliant <laughs> name. <laughs> um, I mean, it's absolutely I class. Some people might not get it, I guess, but uh, they're <laughs> named well, after the Rolling Stones founder and some would say mm-hmm. original genius, uh, Brian Jones, and also the tragic events of the Jonestown massacre. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to, yeah. um, uh, and it kind of plays on the band's or Anton Newcomb's like love of 60s psychedelia but also like a kind of dark undertone that goes along with that i suppose uh-huh. playing on that also if you look at the names of loads of his songs and stuff there's loads of puns like that i play on words of yeah uh, like band names and stuff like that so it, it fits mm-hmm. into the overall feeling of them um yeah. and dandy warhols i think that's a good name as well similar you know i think it's it is a, a similar thing good isn't pudding it? name yeah for sure um so yeah I was aware of, like I said, the Danny Warhols, but not the, the Brian's Jonestown Massacre. And after kind of watching the documentary and not knowing too much, I mean, I recognise the singles from the Danny Warhols, yeah. like you've mentioned, well, there was one on a Vodafone advert and stuff like that, and that's that's what really broke them, wasn't it, in, yeah. in Europe, mm-hmm. that particular song. Um, after listening to the stuff afterwards, I think I prefer the Brian Jonestown Massacre to the Danny Warhols. Yeah, like. me too. That's me just, too. I quite like. I mean, I liked. I probably knew the Danny Warhols first. The album mm-hmm. before the one, so I think that big single was on the third album, and I bought the second album, which I thought was great. Um, it didn't have any uh-huh. huge hits on, but it had three singles. One called "Boys Better." One called um, Not A Few Were The Last Junkie On Earth, which people might have heard, and one called Every Day Is Like A Holiday. Um, and they've got this kind of slackery, not really psychedelic stuff, is it? It's like a kind of no. sl- slacker American college radio kind of thing. But it's also quite polished as well. I mean, yeah. obviously... <laughs> Very poppy. Yeah, in comparison to the, the Brian Jonestown mm-hmm. massacre, it's, it's really polished because their stuff's really rough isn't it because uh, and, and you can he does everything basically well, doesn't he most of the produces time. it yeah <laughs> well that's the way he wants it to be doesn't he i mean he yeah he produces all of his albums and he i mean he, he plays like 80 instruments that's what he says doesn't he <laughs> so yeah um, but the, the thing is is the documentary progresses if you, you sort of realize that 
um, the Dandy Warhols and Courtney Taylor, really the want to spend time with Anton Newton and stuff like that because they're, they're quite dangerous, aren't they? Yeah, and quite... I, I think that's for me. So it, it starts, what should, we should also say is it's narrated by Courtney Taylor. So Anton Newton yeah. says this is a total stitch-up deal. Spent seven yeah. years following them around and it only shows the bits where he's crazy. I mean, I'm sure he wouldn't dispute the fact that there are some episodes in this where he's like drug deranged and yeah. you know he's a, he, he's, he's a junkie at some point he's a heroin addict I mean mm-hmm. they all are taking what we might say are recreational drugs like dope and, uh-huh. and speed and coke um, yeah. but at one point he becomes quite a heavy heroin addict by the look of it mm-hmm. or heroin user um, and uh, and he and he's you know he is a mercurial talent. Not everybody's going to like him. He's definitely talented. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, um, he, without doubt. But it's narrated by Courtney Taylor, who obviously is, he's given the point of view like, oh, I met this guy, I thought he was a genius. And as it goes uh-huh. on, he's basically saying, but, you know, he's a nightmare and he unravels and he brings everyone down and we became famous and he couldn't deal with it, which is a shame because I, I love him. But, you know, yeah. if he can't deal with it, he can't deal with it. So I do agree with Anna Newcomb's overall opinion that it's a bit of a stitch-up because you've got mm-hmm. one of the two people doing the narration to it. Like, yeah. It's not like they also got him to interject with his bits yeah. or his side of the story. Um, so I do think it's probably a bit lopsided just because it, it could not be. Yes, it definitely. Yeah, but, I mean, for me, the thing is, the, the other thing about it is that this has been... Over the course of seven years, this has been done. So, I mean, I think I read that they had like 150 plus hours of footage that they yeah. could use, and they've picked like an hour and 45 yeah. minutes. So, how much? Basically, Anton Newcomb at his worst, probably. Yeah, at his, yeah, yeah. his most volatile, haven't which they? is great for a documentary to get a reaction. Yeah, but probably, uh-huh. I mean, unless no. all 146 hours are of him acting like that, then. Yeah, it's it's, a it's bit not it's not balanced. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not it's not balanced at all in my view, um, because that that is the, the the thing about this documentary. When I first, I've watched it twice, and the first okay. time I watched it, I was shocked by the behaviour. Not really, not just of a uh, sort of Anton Newton, but but everybody else. Yeah, and not not only like the 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 violence and stuff like that. It was like I found a lot of it sort of pretentious. Yep. The way that they were talking and yep. stuff like that, Courtney Taylor especially. I yeah, mean, a lot oh, of the stuff that he was saying is just completely pretentious. I mean, there's a, a bit where they're, they're signed a, is it Capital Records? Yeah, Capital Records. Yeah, I think. And the um, and they they go to do a video or whatever with uh with some guy and the record company sort of pays. Four hundred grand. It's not some guy. This, Dave, this David Lachapelle. He's like that's the, right. Yes, that's huge it. art, like photographer yeah. and an artist. Like it's a massive uh-huh. like this underground band. Yeah, being picked up and and the newcomer would say have been picked up because they've rode on his coattails, copied some of his ideas, and then uh, yeah. sold them off to a major label. Mm-hmm. Um, this these guys who don't have a hit or a single or any kind of backstory. Other than yeah. they've been hanging around with a guy that for years record labels have been hovering around, but mm-hmm. something's always happened to stop them from signing him. So they get these yeah. guys who are probably 
next best thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And they throw this huge budget at this video. And yeah. well, you were going to say. Well, with I mean, the, 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 the thing is about that is this, they haven't had any success. They just throw loads of money at them. <laughs> <laughs> and it, he, he doesn't Courtney Taylor doesn't like the way he looks in the in the video, does he? Um, and he says to uh, the director of it, <laughs> the director sort of talking about the whole thing. He always not happy. He doesn't like it. He, he doesn't want any close ups. He wants it to be a performance spectacle. That's what he said. I mean, how am I? He also says <laughs> he wants to go spectacle. back when his hair's grown out a bit. He wants his hair to be <laughs> a bit longer than it is in the <laughs> on that day. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what a load of shit, and I, and I mm. think that kind mm. of the the film itself kind of pits this guy who is seen to be like really obnoxious and obtuse and fucking mm-hmm. things up for himself and for his bandmates all the yeah. time against mm-hmm. this guy that just went, you know what? I'll do it. I'll sign the major label deal and I'll and I'll be yeah. a star and I'll go with it. Uh-huh. But for me, there's, and I'm not talking about selling out and shit like that because who gives a fuck about that? If a song's good, a song's good. If you're, yeah. if you're uh, an artist with integrity, it doesn't matter whether you've got a paycheck to sign for a big label or not. Uh, in my opinion, if you do, yeah. if you make music with soul, then mm-hmm. it doesn't matter whether you're on Motown or you're on some little label in the northeast of England. It doesn't matter. But mm-hmm. For me, Courtney Taylor has given it all the like. Oh, it needs to be a spectacle. Just like what a load of shit. Like if you thought it that, is. you wouldn't have David LaChapelle as your uh, as your video director. You would say no. Uh-huh. You would say no. I'm, I'm yeah. not. That that's that's making a circus around what our songs are yeah. meant to be about. You would say no at the beginning. Not do it and then mm-hmm. say. Well, I want my hair to be a bit longer. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. But I would say I really I mean, like that song. <laughs> <laughs> the th- the thing that I got from it is it's these bands they kind of have a, a mutual or what seems to be a, a mutual agreement between each other. So I think what I mean this is just my opinion, mm-hmm. but it seems like you know that the uh, Danny Warhol's like really respect Anton Newton and stuff like that. They think he's great. Um, and if one of them gets big, then what they're going to do is is sort of big up the other one. Yeah. There's this sort of yeah. this sort of agreement that seems to be there. Yeah. But what happens is when the when the Danny Warhols do actually get big, they sort of negate on that sort of agreement. Yep. You know, and yeah, the, the, they sort right. of turn it turn it around completely and and sort of try and distance themselves from the Brian Jonestown massacre. And I think the reason for that is probably the record company going. These people are nutcases. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, you, you need you need to, and they have actually done that. They have they have distanced themselves yeah. from the band. You know what I mean? Yep. Because there's a bit in there where you know the Danny Warhol start getting big and and stuff like that. Um, they've got a, a record deal. A lot of money's been spent on them. And Anton Newton sort of turns up with roller skates and a woolly hat, <laughs> doesn't he? One of the I absolutely love this bit. <laughs> <laughs> he turns up with a woolly hat and he's dishing out a record that he's wrote about the Danny Warhols, which is just basically slagging them off. I, I love there's two bits in the film that are great. So the Danny Warhols get signed. Um, 
and we'll go back into like some of the earlier stuff and the, the Brian Johnson massacre stuff after because they're one of my favorite bands so I could talk about them all day but in terms of this film Danny Warhols gets signed and they're leaving they're basically they're starting to leave the Brian Johnson massacre behind yeah and Anna Newcomer's response to that is you sold out all all you sold out and or you've betrayed us and or I think it's more than more the betrayal. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it gets to that. And then they're in a car and Courtney Taylor goes, I want you to listen to this song. This is our new single. And it's this song with the big video, which is kind of their first hit, although it wasn't a big hit. Yeah. So it's called Not If You Were The Last Junkie On Earth. Um, which I hate. I hate that song. I quite like that song, I but they goes uh, never thought you'd be a junkie because heroin is so yeah. passy. I remember that... it from being a kid, and you know, it used to get on me tits. Well, I think it gets on me tits a bit now, but I did like it at the time. So anyway, did you? And Newcombs listened to it in this car. Obviously, he's expected to go fucking brilliant, guys. But he's thinking, not only have you got signed because you're mates with us, you've kind mm-hmm. of written a song that I'm pretty sure is you having a go at us. And now you're <laughs> playing it to us in a car, expecting us uh-huh. to go, it's brilliant. And he plays uh-huh. it, and he just kind of, he gives like the most nonplussed, like, answer. he's just like, <laughs> yeah. <There's> no, he's, <laughs> he's like Dennis Nielsen from last week's episode. <laughs> yeah. so there's, there's, no, uh, there's no expression whatsoever in his face, is there? Yeah. But I mean, what do they want him to do? I mean, because you're right, that song is about him, isn't it? But then... An hour later in the film or whatever, he's written what is a response to it. And it is called, Not If You Were The Last Dandy On Earth. And Uh and he's got the other guy, he's got him in a car now. And he's like, hey, man, you got to listen to my new single. And he puts it on. And and he's like singing it in his face as he plays (laughs) the song. Like, He's saying it, take it's my great, money. Oh, that's brilliant. Though. Take my money. <laughs> take my sister. <laughs> and he's basically yeah, song about right. you've ripped everything off. You've ripped us off for uh-huh. everything. You've taken me money uh-huh. that I should have because I should be the famous one. You've taken the songs mm-hmm. because you've copied me style. You might as well have taken me <laughs> fucking sister and hooked up with her. And he's, but he's yeah. like when Courtney Taylor plays it, he's trying to be so cool. And he's like sitting back in the car. Yeah. What do you think of that, man? And when he plays uh-huh. it, he's like singing it right in his face. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Absolutely he is love it. And he knows, uh-huh. and this is the thing with, with Anton, I think it's meant to be like one of those, uh, he just realizes he's crazy, but I'm pretty sure almost everything he does is just to wind people up and just to yeah. create, cultivate this persona. Um, uh-huh. Not a lot of, I, I don't think it's affected. I think he is a wind-up merchant and he probably knows that. But I think it comes from a place of always wanting to be totally pure and true to what he sees as this great art. And I, and I get uh-huh. that's when you say it comes across as pretentious. But like you uh-huh. say, I think the guy who's pretend to be all super cool is the more pretentious of the two that's, of them. That's what I said, yes. Like I said at the start, especially Courtney Taylor, he's the one that's especially, you know, pretentious. I mean, there, there is certain things that uh, Anton Newcomb says as well, which is like, you know... It's it's over the edge. Like yeah. he's there was a bit. I mean, actually, it's not the part where he speaks 
So it's a part where his his manager is talking about him, and he's saying that he, he regards himself as some kind of prophet. Yeah. And he thinks himself of is, is Jesus and yeah. Hitler and Charles Manson. <laughs> I mean, I mean that isn't from his lips. So no, I, it's you know. not. And you can imagine a marketing manager or a manager wanting to get that message out there to try and yeah. create this image around uh-huh. the guy who I think genuinely just wanted to make as much music as he could and probably took loads of drugs in honor of his like heroes that took loads of drugs and expanded their mind, man, and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. And I, I genuinely think he, all of his behavior and everything he does is from a place of just wanting to, be a, an artist and as pure as an artist as he can be. There's no doubt that he oversteps the mark in terms of pretentiousness, uh, uh-huh. too violent, too obnoxious uh-huh. to people, uh, yeah. you know, and to, you know, too fucked up a lot of the time. And yeah, again, we'll, we'll go back to the fact that this is an hour and 45 minute yeah. snapshot, yeah. you know, so it, this has been completely trimmed down. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure, right. If, like I say, I watched it twice. The second time I, I watched it, I had a bit of sympathy for on, on you yeah. because I was thinking to myself, well, if I was like, you know, a 23 year old lad and I was in that position, yeah, we would probably behave like that. And everybody who said you were a genius, and you actually yeah. you were you were writing these songs that were coming out of your fingertips, and you could uh-huh. play a guitar or a sitar or yeah. a piano or whatever, a bass and drums, and also everybody uh-huh. was like blowing smoke up your ass. But also, what you were doing was actually good. Of course, mm-hmm. you would start believing it, and like, and not 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 believe it. He is good. He's good. Like he I is say, good, I've, yeah. I've got. Brian Jones and Masco, the only band I own every single one of their records, like vinyl. Yeah. I own every one. Mm-hmm. Like it took us a long time to find them all. He did, he has his yeah. own label now, so he repressed them, some of the early ones and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Like I, I've gone to the lengths to get them because it's such a varied career and there's so much yeah. good stuff across 20 years or whatever it is now, 25 years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's rewarding, and for someone like me who loves sixties R and B, sixties beat groups like the Beatles and the Stones and bluesy stuff, the and and psychedelia like you know fucking uh, Sid Barrett style stuff, also David Bowie, also mm-hmm. like shoegazy stuff like Ride and things like that, and Oasis like. He's made an album that sounds like each of these bands pretty much over the course of 20 years. Also, now he's based in Berlin. It's kind of like mm-hmm. crowd rocky, like the one I told you that was my favorite, Aufheben, is very yeah. like, you know, late 70s David Bowie or Can or something like that. It's like droney. Yeah. It's not like not even lyrics in English for a lot of it. Like it, the career is well, incredible. I don't know another band who's done that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the one I've actually been listening to today. And there's there's one song that I must have played about five or six times in a row. I think it's a, a walking up the hand grenades. Ah, oh, amazing! Uh, honestly, it's I love that class. album. I absolutely love. That was kind yeah. of what got us into them properly. I think that came out in about let's say 2010 or something like that. Because they're a band that brought out loads of albums that kind of you couldn't really get. And they were just like mm-hmm. this kind of cult mythical band that I saw the documentary, but I didn't know where I could get these albums from. And it was before Spotify yeah. and all of that stuff. And that's not really what he's about anyway. 
Um, there was a best of called uh, Tepid, Tepid Peppermint Wonderland, um, which is like the two CD best of that takes songs from a lot of the earlier stuff. And that was kind of the only thing I really had heard. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Aufheben was the first one that came out like kind of when I went, oh, actually, I can buy that. And I bought it. And I absolutely love it. It just It's kind of droney and ambient and psychedelic. And yeah. I just, it just ticks loads of boxes for me at, when mm-hmm. it came out, but still does. It's probably the album of theirs yeah. I go back to most out of all of them. But very different well, if you me. listen to their first five or whatever. Yeah, well, it did for me. I listened to it today, and I was I was well impressed with it. Like I thought it was, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. I thought it was excellent. I mean, it, just to go back to the the documentary and like what we were saying before, where almost Courtney Taylor's kind of uh, hanging on the coattails of of the dangerous band that the Brian's Jonestown massacre. Oh, there's a part where that the Brian's Jonestown Massacre move into this uh, apartment or, or house and yeah. set up a studio and they find out that they've had like this massive party and they're all wrecked and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So the Danny Warhols come around the next day to take photos as yeah. if they've been in the yeah. party. I mean, it's, how it's, pretentious is that? That's and sad. Sad. It is. <laughs> Why would you do that? Like, have your own like image. Do and it yourself. Also, there's a bit where... Um, so the Dandy Warhols have this album with that video shoot and all of that, and they're not hits. And actually, the Dandy Warhols are really famous because one of their songs randomly got picked up to be on an advert, not because anybody yeah. loved their albums or so. Or uh-huh. so you know what I mean? They would have yeah. still been a cult band that disappeared like loads. And I still wouldn't mm-hmm. probably have a couple of their albums because I, mm-hmm. I, I get albums like that. But they ended up being big on the back of just a song being picked up by fucking Vodafone. Um, and mm-hmm. I like that song as well. Like, it's good. And I, I like a few so- songs off that album. But it's not because they somehow captured everybody's imagination because this great work of art. And mm-hmm. this album was massively critically acclaimed or anything. It's just pure chance that Vodafone yeah. picked their song to be on an album. But there's a bit between those two albums where they get their major label signing and... It doesn't really work out. So Courtney Taylor kind of just goes out on tour with the Brian Jonestown Massacre, just kind of yeah. be a bit cool and like mm-hmm. see what, like live that life again. And then goes back and writes this album that then gets them to be fucking big. Like, it, it, yeah. Like it, the, the film doesn't have the narrative that the Dandy Warhols have kind of piggybacks on the Brian Jonestown massacre. Yeah, and, yeah, but you can and, see you can them. see through the lines though, can't well, actually, you? I mean I didn't I didn't know anything about the bands. So, I mean I knew who the, the Danny Warhols were, but you can see through the lines, can't you? Mm-hmm. I mean if you if you watch the documentary, you can see that they have done that for sure. Yeah. I mean on all the, the sort of points that I've, I've just brought up there. The kind of thing where they're they're hanging around with them because they are dangerous. Yeah, and they, they want to be seen as this yeah. kind of, you know, drug taking sixties influence sort of band. But the which music is not even really. Like that. I mean, the no, songs the it's not, not like that. that at all. It isn't like that. But I mean, the, the Brian Jonestown massacre is definitely like that, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's no mistake in that. So. Yeah, I mean that—that's—that's that's what I got. That's what I got from and it. The other thing, uh, there's another bit after that because, like you say, they end up 
getting this apartment where they have this uh, party and Brian uh, and the newcomers just using that as like a home studio and they sign for like a kind of small label who decide to like just give him the equipment yeah. that he needs in a in an apartment so he can just make music as much as he wants because no matter how fucked up he gets that's what he wants to do just write write and record songs there and then and he still does that to mm-hmm. this day um, but uh, then. After that Vodafone song, Danny Walls are quite big. And when they would come out to release their next album, they're like, we don't want any of that merry-go-round yeah. music shit. We're going to get our own apartment where we'll have a studio in the apartment. <laughs> and people are going to do that. Yeah. I'm like, hang on. <laughs> it's the same shit. <laughs> and they're so like, yeah. yeah, we don't want to be part of all of that. We want to be able to do things on our own terms and stuff like that. And and I'm mm-hmm. sure these guys have been made to look like that, uh, like dicks a little bit as well. But... I mean, yeah. once, like you say, once you watch it more than once, you can kind mm-hmm. of see that yeah. the story that's not really being told in the film itself mm-hmm. is kind of there to be seen. Um, it kind of bleeds through, doesn't it? Yeah. I, well, I think you do thing. need to see it more than once. Yeah, to, to understand you do that. need to see it because the first uh, shown of it is just shock. Yeah, because uh, it's Anton's cartoonish. Behavior because, that's the thing. It's so cartoonish. Yeah. I mean, the things that he did, he did. I mean, there's no hiding away from it, is is there? I mean, he, he, there's certain like things that he does on stage, which he's, he's fighting with people, and he's going off on one, he's screaming into well, the he microphone, he's shouting at the, the crowd. Band, like, while they're he does stuff gigs. like that. And what, he's, <laughs> what he reminds me of uh, a little bit is, is Andy Kaufman when he kicks off. You know when yeah. Andy Kaufman's a wrestler? Yeah. <laughs> you think he's like that? He's exactly like that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There's I a bit in the in the the Viper Room, Johnny Depp's nightclub, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, they set up this the loads of rental company people come to see him and stuff like that. And uh, he just destroys. He just he's just destroys well, the whole thing. He sacks someone He's kicking off. He's kicking off with the <laughs> Joel, the tambourine man, for stepping on his wires and stuff like that. And um, then what does he, he goes want him nuts. to do? Get me the waitress. Get me the waitress. I demand the waitress here. You can tell him to fuck off. This next song is about love. Yeah. <laughs> and he's shouting. Uh, he keeps shouting for bouncers to come. He keeps like <laughs> kicking people in the crowd and then be like, get the uh-huh. bouncer. Come and do some fucking bouncing, man. <laughs> Bounce this yeah. guy out of here. And uh, I mean, it is funny as well, isn't it? It's it so cartoonish I mean, and over the top. But the first yeah. time you watch it, that's what it is. It's like yeah. set up to just be this so over the top. Uh, like he's almost like a kind of comedy creation when you watch it for the first time. Uh-huh. He's like so enthralled. They're like, I'm a, I'm a fucking pioneer and I'm a genius and yeah. My, I mean, there's that I, amazing bit that everybody who knows the film always talks about. Like, it was like you broke my fucking sitar. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's like Spinal I mean, Tap almost. That's isn't that's it? Like, yeah, it is. It is exactly. It is exactly like that. I mean, it's all bravado and dysfunction and drug abuse. But you've got a few like people in the band. So basically, there's lots of people in this band at any one time. Not now, but at that point, there's six or seven people in the band, and it's like a revolving door. Um, but the mainstays were him, the tambourine guy, Joel Guyon, and yeah. um, the other kind of secondary songwriter called Matt Hollywood, who yeah. couldn't want to be like John Lennon, Stephen Stills, <laughs> like, uh, like, you know, he couldn't want to be like them anymore. And I think that yeah. that's the main difference of the early part of this band. Matt Hollywood 
some of the gr- like brilliant songs that this band have are by him. But yeah. he's such a tryhard. Like you can see him like really wanting to be like, I'm going to write this amazing John Lennon type song. Um, and he's so like, what? Well, and I think Anton Newcomb kind of like just resents him for that because he's always got to be this kind of like, hey man, it's just peace and love. We're just writing songs, man. And well, all this kind maybe, of maybe but, I think Anton Newcomb in the pushing, early stages this, uh, this, is is just he, he just wants everything done the way that he wants yeah, it done I mean, there's, he, there's he doesn't no care way, about anybody else there's no way that he's ever going to be happy with another guy writing songs and singing them no. that. like uh, maybe yeah. in a utopian kind of idea and the beatles did it and all whatever then he wants to do it but i think uh-huh. in the long run it was never going to work when i saw them i've seen them a couple of times or a few times um and what the last time I saw them was just b- before I moved here, actually. And Mahoy was back in the band. Like, I thought there's no way he's ever going to be in that band again. Is but he? he was back. And Joel Guyon was back. He's not now. But for that uh-huh. tour, they were both in there. Joel Guyon. Yeah. What a clown that guy is. I mean, he's <laughs> just a fucking... But the, the thing he's is, like the right? bears, isn't he? Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say the same thing. I mean, he's, he's a guy who stands there playing the tambourine, getting absolutely smashed out. Of his he's face. wasted. He's constantly. stoned constantly. <laughs> and he's the perfect guy that I'd send to sign a, a record contract <laughs> if I couldn't make it. Because he's the guy that the pick to send the record, <laughs> sign the record contract because they think that Anton Newcomb would fuck it all up. Yeah. So they send him. He's the best the person <laughs> for the job. Who... Is more fucked up than him, and, <laughs> and immensely less talented. Yes, <laughs> he's just smiling all the way through. Stone of course, he's smiling. He? He's got the best when, job ever. Even <laughs> yes, even when they get arrested by uh, the cops in Georgia, yeah, he, which he, is not a place I don't think that you want to be long arrested. Hair. long hair with a with a massive suitcase full of Hunter S. Thompson style drugs. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they, they get arrested and he's just he's just smiling. He's, he's, just he's going with it and that's great. Uh, he had a good solo album in about 2012, 2013. It's worth checking out. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yeah. Much better than he had any right to ever bring out an album. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Um, and the other, there's another guy who's in the band for a while called Peter Hayes, who ends up being the main mm-hmm. guy in the Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, who had decent career. Who I have of heard own. of for sure. Yes, uh-huh. they've got a good career of their own. Some great songs as well. Yeah. Like he's in there for a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. It's I, honestly, I think it's a great documentary. But is it fair? Probably not. Is it enjoyable? Yeah. Yes. Does it mm-hmm. bring Anton Newcomb and Brian Jones to Massacre's music to more people? Hopefully, Definitely. because I think I they think deserve so. it. I think so. Uh, yeah. I think he deserves it. I think, uh, like, what? So, the other thing is, I was going to ask you, I knew mm-hmm. their music before I saw this for the first time, right? But you didn't. So, what do you think nope. of their music? Uh, uh, well, like I say, you've you've put us onto a couple of albums and stuff like that, and I've, I've really enjoyed what I've listened to. I, th- I think they're re- they're really really good, and I'm going to listen to a lot more. I mean, the thing about the documentary is it's not about music. No, it's not, because there's very little... You so, hear little snippets of songs, really, don't little you? Little tiny really bits. Hear a full, but part of exactly. that is because when they're playing gigs, you stop songs after about 10 seconds to shout at people in the audience. But the, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but you've, you've seen other things, you know, similar to that, you know, a dysfunctional band or whatever, and you still hear the music, mm-hmm. but you don't really hear any kind of... No, not any, a lot. Any not song lot, through, no. all the way through, so you can't get a grasp of who they are. No, you either band's really, I mean, you, 
to be honest, it's all about dysfunction. It's all about mm-hmm. drug abuse. Mm-hmm. It's all about how Anton is a lunatic. Mm-hmm. That's what the documentary is about. Do you know what I mean? It's not about music, really. It's all about, you know, yeah. that and, and the music industry, how they've shunned sort of Anton and gone with the more polished sort of sound of the, yeah. the Danny Warhols and stuff. So you've got to go out afterwards and sort of check it out, but it's yeah. well worth checking out, I think, for and sure. And there's a lot to do. I mean, not everybody. I mean, if you listen to Aufheben and love it, you might listen to 10 other albums and not like them. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it, it, they're not all the same, but I think basically they started out as, um, well, I've got an album which was the first kind of, it wasn't a demo tape, but it was a tape that kind of did the rounds. Um, yeah. And it's called something like fucking Pol Pot Summer Funhouse or something like that. <laughs> um, Pol Pot? Al- yeah. <laughs> so I've got nice. this album that's like the first thing they ever recorded, but only really came out a few years ago. And then they've got... The first stuff is actually not that kind of 60s Rolling Stones kind of sound. It's quite shoegazy. It's a bit more like Ride. Mm-hmm. My... my uh, what they're called, My Bloody Valentine, that kind of stuff. They've got an album uh-huh. called My Bloody Underground, which is kind of a cross, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then they've got a couple that was massively enthralled to Oasis. Um, they've, there's one song on, what's it called? There's one called Sergeant Pepper something, uh, one of their albums. And there's a song called I'm Going to Kick Your Fucking Head In. And it's like a football chant. It's just like this kind of beat. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going to kick your fucking uh-huh. head in. And that's it. For well, it is, it is a football chant now, isn't it? Because <laughs> yeah. I, I watched a, a, a doc, well, I watched an interview with, with Anton afterwards to, to sort of get an idea. This was the first time that I watched it, just to get an idea, a little bit of like who he was now type mm. thing. And he was, he was talking about uh, that particular song and it, it's been sort of, you know, taken into football grounds and, and football fans actually yeah. sing it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he, he's he's not the same guy in this documentary as he is in that interview. I mean, he's got like grey sideboards, so obviously yeah. he's, he's a bit older and stuff like that, you know. He's but like he's, married. He's and... not the same, no, complete. No, no he's not, and he he's is. like he's based in Berlin. He's married. He's yeah. like he has his own little thing. He produces other bands. He's got his own label. He collaborates with other people. Like he may, still makes music pretty much every day. Like if you follow him on Twitter, which I would mm-hmm. recommend because it's interesting. Like he's all, if you like music and you like artists who just live for making music and yeah. stuff, and you like what he does, then it's worth following. Well, that's him. that's what I want to ask you because you said that you've spoke to him and stuff, haven't you? you yeah, so I've met this. him twice, I think. First time was with me, mate um, Ross McLean, who I used to work with in Northern Rock. He's a great, great guy. He doesn't listen to podcasts because he doesn't like listening to people talking, apparently. Um, but <laughs> I'm going to tell him just to listen to this. Um, but uh, <laughs> me and him went to see these guys at um, the O2 Academy in Newcastle, which just been announced as closed down. And I was trying to think of a good gig I'd been to there, and I couldn't think of any kind of like life-changing ones. But this was what you have now. But yeah, it was upstairs, <laughs> not in the main hall. It was upstairs. And me and Ross were outside and Anton Newcomb was just next to us having a smoke outside. Mm-hmm. He's wearing mm-hmm. this huge fucking jumper with loads of holes in. He had a massive beard, like massive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like fucking huge off his chin beard. Yeah. And uh, he was really angry about pigeons. 
these fucking pigeons, man. <laughs> and this is like, he's kind of, he's, he's sobered up and he's like, chewing, yeah. not, not an asshole. Like, this was a two and a half hour gig of just great songs. Like, no fucking about, no, no kicking kick off, off. Of people, none of that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So he's outside beforehand and these fucking pigeons, man, I fucking hate them. I sh-. And we're like, we were, I mean, we were pissed, but we were talking to him. And I go, yeah. in the morning about pigeons. I can't remember what you're talking about. And then a guy came mm-hmm. and he was like, and on it's 10 minutes to stage time. So, um, <laughs> like, come on in. Yeah. And he just went, I'm talking to my fucking friends here, man. <laughs> I was like, but actually, like, he, where referred, he, had this, he is his friend, did he? And then he kicked me in the head. But then I was like, <laughs> But actually, like, we're here to see you. So, I mean, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't mind back. if you go now. So, yeah. anyway, we went uh-huh. inside. And he was, like, busy. He wanted to finish his smoke or whatever. So, we went inside. And literally two minutes later, he came in. And he was fully clean-shaven on stage. Yeah. <laughs> like, was fully clean-shaven. Fi- it must have been a fake beard. It was like a Peter Sutcliffe kind of beard. And all of a sudden, it was gone. Yeah, it must have been. And he had it must have been this, a fake beard. So, holy... nobody would talk to him. This and big you holy jumper was gone and he was wearing like this kind of like 60s kind of shirt. Um, uh-huh. I was like, maybe he was, I've never thought about that. Maybe he was trying to be in disguise, but I mean, he still stuck yeah. out like a sore thumb in Newcastle outside <laughs> his own gig. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's a bad disguise, that massive beard. I feel like I've met him once before, but I can't remember. I've definitely seen them another couple of times, but I can't remember the other time I met him. But he's on Twitter and I've like, he's quite responsive. He tweets, he replies to tweets and stuff. He's mm-hmm. he still has these moments, I think, where he gets angry about stuff, but um, whatever. I, I like, I, I, he's one of my heroes, so I'm, I'll forgive yeah. him. Um, but I just remember I got a message of someone once that I knew being like, I can't believe what I'm witnessing here. And basically, me and him were uh, exchanging tips about roast lamb <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> it was when I was still living in England, and it was like, yeah. Sunday, we're putting a roast on. And he was like, he cooks quite a lot. And I was like, oh, I've never thought of that. I didn't sort of stood it with fucking rosemary or whatever. He's like, yeah, man, four hours in the oven uncovered. And then whatever. <laughs> I just got a message of someone saying, is this fucking happening or what? I was actually loving it. Um, uh, but I have to admit, we haven't had much interaction over the last few years. So I don't well, know what's happened. Never know. You never know after this. Uh, <laughs> you've talked about Well, I hope if he does like, listen, then you know he doesn't think well, i i love the guy and uh, and mm-hmm. i think he, there's some bad behavior in this film uh that's there for well it definitely see, is but, um but i think i think, I think that we've we've seen through the lines a little bit of, of the film haven't we? Well, I mean, we've talked about that yeah, quite a lot and you know we? what i've got three dandy warhols albums on cd i've got no fucking idea where they are the one yeah. that brought out where they made their own studio is it sounds like Duran Duran? It's called Welcome to the Monkey House. The play right I think there. The, I think the guy from Duran Duran did it though. He was the producer, wasn't he? Oh, was he? I mean, uh, I fucking so. hell. I mean, it's and there's a song <laughs> called We Used to Be Friends that they kind of play at the end. And there's, I think, the, the, the kind of alluding to that, they shot that video in that space. But the video looks shit. The song was okay. Uh-huh. I know that one because it was on FIFA. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, wasn't it? Um, Right. Yeah, but I mean, but then again, that's that's the thing that we're talking about, isn't it? It's it's all 
these sort of commercial sort yeah, it's of commercial. Things, they're sold it? sold you'll hear it on FIFA, you'll hear it on Nadbird. Who's or bought the album? Who's talking about, yeah. oh, they've got this great body of work, or this guy's a genius, and maybe they're okay with that. Maybe that was always the plan. Um, yeah. But I know that the, there still seems to be bits in the film where they reconnect and stuff like that. So who knows? Like, honestly, who knows? But well, I know I which band I listen to and like to listen to yeah. and who I respect more. I was reading uh, that Anton was talking about touring with last year. I mean, I, I don't think I don't think that happened, or you know, I, I don't think. Uh, well, it's not going to happen anytime soon, is it? But he was certainly talking about it, so that shows the the, the kind of humanity of the man as well, doesn't it? Yeah, you know I think what I mean? so. Like, like I think so. Like whatever's happened in the past, I think he's yeah. just about the music, and if he can do uh -huh. some nice collaborations with people now, then all the better. Like I think, fair enough. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So I think the film and the documentary is enjoyable, but probably not fair. Um, yeah. And but what I always hope is that if anybody watches it, they don't just laugh and and dismiss him as some kind of madman and just go and listen to the music because that's uh -huh. what it's about for me. And yeah. uh, if I think I've done that with you, so. All the best. Well, that's the thing. I, I saw it's two different things. You know, I, I watched it twice. The first time I saw it, I was I was shocked by it. You know, I thought the behaviour was was just terrible. Yeah. And then the I second time you I looked at it the with, first with time. different, yeah, with different eyes, I looked at it, and I think that's the way that you need to do it. You need you need. I mean, it's well worth watching if you're into music and stuff like that. It's it's definitely worth watching. But there's there's definitely two sides of it. It's, yeah. It's, I wouldn't take everything on first viewing. Yeah. Um, I look agree. into it a little bit. Totally sure. agree. So, mm -hmm. dig, watch Ooh. it, but more importantly, go and listen to the Brian Jonestown massacre. Um, <laughs> but before we end, we've got some music at the end. You're going to who's that. who's ending? Who's ending? Well, you're going to do the music bit. Um, I'm still going, man. Well, yeah. Well, I've got a quiz for you. <laughs> which may or may not be related but it's about singers or musicians who've gone a bit mad um, <laughs> and okay I think I think you'll get a couple of these because I, I think well, you'll be alright in this one I do hate it because your quizzes are they're just too hard aren't they really okay. uh, but I do like mad men so you may have just learned about some madness, if nothing else. So well, that's good. Which 1960s psychedelic band singer was institutionalized mm. in 1968 and given electroconvulsive therapy after speaking in tongues on stage? Ooh, it's one of two. I'll go with Peter Green. No. Was it Sid Barrett then? No, neither. It Jesus. Is, it is Rocky Erickson. The singer from Rocky the... Erickson, Rocky Erickson, mm -hmm. singer oh, of the Thirteenth Floor Elevators. Oh yeah, them. I love them. Me, I've, I've had them on yesterday. You'll know their song. Well, you'll know two of their songs. I think first one, you're gonna miss me. You'll absolutely know that song because it's it's massive. Um, but Is they it? also do a song called <laughs> "Slip Slip Inside My House," which Primal Scream cover on Scream of Delicate. Um, but in the same vein as this, if you've never heard of him, there is a documentary, yeah. and I think it's on YouTube to watch, called You're Gonna Miss Me, which is about this guy's life. Mm -hmm. 
this is another huge recommendation from me to watch if you like this kind of thing. Oh, 100% watch You're Gonna Miss Me about Rocky Erickson. And... Well, well, why don't we do it after the Beatles stuff and the okay, Halloween okay, stuff? Okay, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. I haven't seen I it for a couple of years, but I'll watch it again. Um, so anyway, uh-huh. you didn't get that one. Well, right. I'll, I'll be I'll be perfectly honest. I've never heard of the guy. Okay. I like his name, Rocky Erickson. It's not, isn't it? Well, it's a great name, great for name, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, okay, number two. Which legendary mm. producer shot and killed an actress in the mouth at his home in 2003? Well, that would be the legendary producer that is Phil Spector, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah, so not the first bad thing that he's done, but no. yeah, that is him. Have you have you seen the, the, the film? I think it was on HBO or something like that, where Al Pacino's Phil no, Spector. I, I haven't, but I, when I was looking for this... Like looking uh-huh. up some questions today, I saw that existed, and I can't imagine there'd be anything better than seeing Al Pacino <laughs> films back now. <laughs> it was it, honestly, it was really good. Uh, okay, I really well, I'll watch it, it then. Yeah, um, yeah uh-huh. a horrible Who's man, that? but an absolute genius. Um, yeah, uh, can I excuse it? I don't think so. Uh, okay, well, I got one right, didn't I? Which That's shocking that, singer was jailed Ooh. for six weeks before he turned eighteen after stealing a TV that he lost on the way home? Some baby clothes that I didn't realize were really small, and some t shirts. <laughs> Again, it's one of two. Um, it's either Chuck Berry or James Brown. Which one should I go with? James Brown, none, none, none of them, two. Oh um, my god, Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> <laughs> Ozzy one out of three. Number four, you'll get this one. I hate it when you say that. Which 1960s psychedelic band's frontman wrote a song? Wait, I think I'll get it now. <laughs> wrote a song called "Have You Got It Yet," which was the last thing he ever tried to teach to his band. But every time they played it along with him, he changed the tune and just kept singing "Have You Got It Yet" over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that fair Pink Floyd documentary where he, he turns up? Yeah, and they don't know who yeah, he is. It's it's spooky. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, very he's, he's like bloated and fat yeah, and stuff. He's yeah. got no hair, hasn't he? Yeah, he's bald. So, also, he, but he turns up when they're singing when they're recording. Um, shine on your crazy, shine on your crazy diamond. Crazy. Right? Who is it then? Is it Mr. Sid Barrett? It is Mr. Sid Barrett. So. Did he live in a cave, do you think? No, I think he just went to live back with like his mom or his sister in Cambridge. Like uh-huh. I don't think he was as mad as he I mean, obviously in the seventies he lost his mind a bit, but I think he just lived the rest of his life as a bit of a lonely like man who didn't want to go out a bit. Hidden being called yeah. Sid as well, apparently. Um Did he? Yeah. Anyway, number five. Which indie legend was arrested? Ooh. After telling an air stewardess, he'd chop off her hands, trying to get that in was... the trying to get in the cockpit <laughs> of the plane before mm-hmm. telling the pilot, the bearded pilot, he needs to have a shave. <laughs> was that uh, Mr. King Monkey himself? <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's the end of it. You got three out of five. So there you go. I did one that you could get answers to. So well done. That was don't good. have that a go like at us that. anymore. It was all no, right, wasn't it? Yeah. Right? 
Well, that's good. the end of the main body of this podcast. Now we're going to go to the, to the out, the, the outro bit, where Brett is going to introduce a song, and I'm going to say, follow us on social media, and then we're going to say goodbye. Brett, over to you. Well, thank you, Mr. Clifford. That was very kind words from you. I appreciated them. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> this week we're going to have the music from a Northeast singer, who obviously... They're the best singers. That's what I think. <laughs> Chris Rea, Anybody from Jimmy yeah, Neal. They're the best. They're <laughs> the best. Uh, he's a singer-songwriter. He's called Brass Monkey. Um, and the song's called Breadline. And it's it's been played quite a lot, sort of overseas on radio and stuff like that, and done, done really, really well. Um, he's, uh, he's based in Sullen, and his video was on YouTube, which I watched as well. Yeah, me too. Which was really good. The Soul was in there. It was, If anybody... It? Yeah, I like that. I like that bit. It's a it's a nice bluesy track. I really like this one. Like, yeah, me too. I, it wasn't what I expected it to be. Like, I had no idea what I thought it would be like. But it's really bluesy. Yeah. Voices great. Um, really liked it. it so I'm I'm excited to be able to play it. So uh -huh. yeah, this is Brass Monkey. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Give our podcast a review on Apple and shit like that. And uh, don't listen on Spotify because it doesn't even count. Like it's annoying how little <laughs> it counts. Uh, it really pisses oh. off when I get the report well, every week. Um, and until next time, we'll see you later. Brett, you've just Ooh, opened a can, so I presume you're going to drink that in the dark once I've turned this off. And England <laughs> match is on, man. England oh, match. Is it? See you next Do time. It. Goodbye. Enjoy the Bye music. Bye from Marvelous Nakamba. See you later. Success. Bye. Bye.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 